Welcome back to Africa Science Focus, the show that keeps you up to date with the latest tech, innovation and science news. I'm Sally Amutabi. Malaria is a leading cause of death for children under 5 in sub-Saharan Africa. For some, genetically modifying mosquitoes could be a game-changing tool in the fight against malaria and other mosquito-borne diseases. But others say that gene technologies threaten the delicate circle of life. The World Health Organization has just released an updated version of its 2014 guidance framework for testing of genetically modified mosquitoes. The guidance outlines how to study and evaluate genetic engineering and updates advice on how to understand the ways that genetically modified mosquitoes could impact the health of humans, animals and the environment. Our reporter Michael Kaloki finds out what genetically modified mosquitoes are why guidance has been developed around the research and what it all means for Africa. He begins by speaking with Professor Lizette Kukumor, the co-director of the Reeds Research Institute for Malaria. Professor, could you briefly explain what genetic modification is? So genetic modifications are when you actually modify the genetic makeup of an organism. Um, and these can be any organisms that you that you are interested in and these uh, modifications are normally permanent and they also generally tend to be transferred to the progeny. Could you briefly explain what gene drives are? So gene drives are when you modify in this in in my experience um, and my expertise it would be mosquitoes of course where you modify these mosquitoes and you can then release these and a specific gene of interest um, will then spread through the population. And these genes are normally targeted to prevent disease transmission, like blocking the parasite developing in the mosquito and then transmitting um, to humans subsequently. Um, so, of course, that's a good thing because you don't necessarily have to use insecticides to, to prevent malaria transmission. But these genes can also be of a nature where you actually suppress the population that you are interested in. Um, and this can result in fertility. So a female um, lays eggs, but these eggs don't hatch. So there's different mechanisms that one can use to drive these genes through the natural population. While the original guidance contained 26 preferences to gene drives, the 2021 guide contains more than 230 a sign of the growing popularity of this form of genetic engineering. Do you feel this WHO guidance will help sub-Saharan African countries suffering from mosquito-borne diseases? Yes, so these guidelines are frameworks that they've put together with stakeholders from different countries with expertise, and they are there to guide researchers and organizations and countries what ethical considerations um, should be taken into consideration when you work on genetically modified mosquitoes. So it's purely a guideline to think about when these new technologies are, are investigated and hopefully one day implemented as well. Do these WHO guidelines directly or indirectly herald a new era in the development of assays related to mosquitoes? 
An assay is actually a technique that one can use. Um, and it would be like if you bake a cake, for example, you would use techniques like whisking the eggs and creaming butter and stuff like that, which I'm obviously not a good cook. Um, and this is the same for when you look at, at mosquitoes. Um, you use certain techniques so that we call assays to actually separate between mosquitoes that cause malaria disease and those that don't. And, and of course, WHO provide guidelines in, in developing of, of, of assays like this. And this is purely to help malaria control programs and other vector control programs. I think it's important because, of course, mosquitoes are now resistant to, to insecticides and we're running out of methods to control malaria. So these guidelines help scientists and researchers to develop assays that will be relevant um, for whatever purpose they are fit um, to, be. to find out what these guidelines could mean for research in Africa and why genetic engineering is controversial, Michael speaks to Dr. Jesse Gitaka, an infectious disease research fellow at Mount Kenya University. Dr. Gitaka, how will these new WHO guidelines for research on genetically modified mosquitoes help sub-Saharan African countries suffering from mosquito-borne diseases? So, as you may well know, there's, there's been um, a challenge with standardization about the outcomes and, and the processes and regulations. So these guidelines help to standardize, to put quality standards, safety, uh, ethical, and also data sharing, community engagement standards that researchers in Africa can leverage on so it's, it's really welcome step in helping to uh, have, uh, you know, in pushing this field forward in Africa. And Dr. Gitaka, why is mosquito gene editing controversial? Yes, so it, it, the, this is controversial mainly because uh, we do not know what will happen uh, thereafter in the, you know, the impact on the ecosystem, the impact in, in regards to, um, you know, how the modified mosquitoes will, will later turn out to you know behave or even their their roles in, in other diseases or even new diseases. So this 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 has been the major controversy uh, which is also sort of uh, driven by sentiments about genetically modifying anything. That that aspect alone faces uh, some some resistance among some quarters in the community. However these standards will help to reduce the controversy and spur innovation rather than uh, uh, resistance. Do you think this new guidance will protect communities while leaving room for research and development or will it upset everybody? Of course, I have looked at them and you, if you, you look carefully, there is a big component that really tries to engage the community. You know, there is a lot of emphasis on the ethical conduct of research and also the role of the communities and the engagement with communities and data sharing and uh, you know working with the communities from the initial stages of developing the proposal or developing the research so that that in my opinion builds confidence in the communities and uh, for the researchers on the researchers side i also don't think this upsets them because um, uh, for them to for for research to be useful it also needs to be ethical. It also needs to factor in the end users who, who are really are the community. 
Concerns have been raised by some environmentalists regarding the impact GMOs might have on biodiversity. Frank Muramuzi is the executive director of the National Association of Professional Environmentalists in Uganda. I have uh, a lot of reservations on um, uh, gene drive that uh, uh, GMO mosquitoes because, first of all, there is no f uh, legal framework that uh, the GMO mosquitoes will be imported and then um, introduced in the country. That is one. Two, uh, the other issue is about to biodiversity because you break in the food chain because those mosquitoes, other creatures also eat mosquitoes. So if you introduce GMO mosquitoes, no one is sure, even those scientists, they are not sure what would be the effect. Let me also say this. Those mosquitoes you see, they are supposed to live in the wild. They are supposed to live in swamps, in forests, in trees. And people are supposed to live in houses. Why would people remain in their houses and um, guard against themselves from the mosquitoes coming in? They can use other methods. All that money that is going to be put in um, finishing uh, up all the Anopheles mosquitoes in this country, I think it is not worth it. They would rather put other protective uh, methods of stopping mosquitoes from coming into the houses to bite, to bite the people. Why is Africa one of the main mm. stages for research into and environmental releases of genetically modified mosquitoes. Why do you think that's the case? I think it is just being uh, misdirected. They think Africans don't know what they want. They think Africans don't value uh, biodiversity. And for us, we know uh, we are there as beings, human beings, because other creatures are also there. We survive because of other creatures in the wilderness. And that's how biodiversity works. Does this new WHO guidance help to calm any worries that you may have about research into this field? And those guidelines have not stopped unprecedented um, diseases. Say uh, SARS, say AIDS. So even if these World Health Organizations, they may not for sure 100% know what impact, what effect uh, this drive might create. With an estimated 220 million cases every year, malaria remains a prevalent public health crisis. Whilst genetic modification offers a potential tool capable of eradicating the disease, the question remains, at what cost? Michael Kaloki for Africa Science Focus. Before you head off, we have a question from Maria Christine Namatovo at Mariam High School in Kampala. 
what's the reason of the water levels rising in Lake Victoria? Climate change has a different impacts on different places. There are places where you've had increased rainfall beyond normal rainfall, and there are places where you have decreased rainfall with implication on agriculture, livelihoods. Um, we've also had places where you have inundations in coastal areas, especially low-lying uh, plains. And uh, most of these are as a result of uh, what we call sea level rise, occasioned by melting ice caps in the polar regions. So the Lake Victoria uh, situation may be linked to, you know, a similar situation like that. Um, you have that happening not only in that part of the world, in West Africa here, uh, in Nigeria, Lagos, you have uh the lucky axis where you have these um inundations the the babbage we knew in the early 80s is no longer there the sea has encroached far into amadubelo way as we have today so it's happening everywhere um we cannot definitely say what is happening there is as a result of this but it is very very likely this is what is happening uh, there. And thanks to Philip Japkor from Environmental Rights Action for that answer. If you have a question that you want answered, get in touch. Send a voice message via WhatsApp to plus 254-799-042-513 and you too will be featured on Africa Science Focus. If you liked our show, you can subscribe and download more episodes on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to leave a review. Today's program was produced by Harrison Lewis. The editors were Fiona Broom and Jackie Oparafutoe with reporting from Michael Kaloki. Africa Science Focus is produced by SciDevNet and distributed in association with your local radio station. I'm Sally Amutabi. See you again next week. This program was funded by the European Journalism Center through the European Development Journalism Grant Program with support from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation.